sure if you didn't know, for some reason, we just got back from about four days up at um, Winter Camp at Yosemite Bible Camp. We call the event Expedition Winter Camp because like, like an explorer, you know, we're digging into God's Word and, and learning about deep subjects. It's an older crowd at Winter Camp. It's for the teenagers. It's not really for the younger kids, so it allows us to do some really in-depth study, and, and the kids, I think, really embraced the topic. I got a message from a couple of them saying that they appreciated us examining some of the Old Testament stories that are normally viewed as children's stories, but looking at them on a deeper level, and we had over 100 people up there, which is a big crowd for a winter camp. Um, the kids engaged one another, got to know each other, and, and built those relationships that are going to last for eternity. Um, the worship was good, and it was just a good time up there at camp, so thank you for supporting that amazing work. Um, with that, some other things that are going on. I know it was announced last Sunday, but a big announcement for the congregation here is that we are bringing on a, a new associate minister uh, with our brother Jeff, you know, stepping out of that role because of health reasons. You know, he'll still be around and working here, but um, not able to fulfill that capacity. Uh, our brother Nick is going to be moving here tomorrow. He'll be getting here with the U-Haul, and uh, we'll be helping him unload that truck. They're going to be at the Caldwell Village uh, Apartments. Um, but Nick is a graduate of the Bear Valley Bible Institute. Um, he graduated about a year and a half ago from Bear Valley. He's not a stranger to the congregation. Um, he's worked with us over the years at Bible Camp. He's been one of our cabin leaders, cabin counselors, one of our teachers there. Um, he spoke on our summer series. He comes to our youth forum. Um, so we have a long-standing working relationship with Nick and his wife, Cheyenne. So we're excited to have them come on board the team here. Um, for the last year and a half, he's been working with the church in Valley Springs, California, um, doing a good work there, but because of some financial issues of the and, and it kind of the door opened of opportunity with our situation here to bring him on, and we're excited about that. Nick has uh, very much a great zeal for evangelism, uh, going out there and talking really well, and we're excited to have him, and Cheyenne is, is just awesome, and, and I told Nick that we technically were hiring Cheyenne because, you know, she's the, the brains and the, and the might and all that in that, that relationship there, but she's an amazing person as well. She's been a worker at camp for many years. Her dad's the preacher at the Rippin Church of Christ. We've known her and her family for a long time, and they're expecting a new baby, so they're adding to our Sunday school program already. The baby's due in March, so with them coming, we're going to have kind of a welcome potluck for them next Sunday after morning worship. I know we kind of sprung this upon you, but things kind of move really fastly with how this happened, um, but next Sunday, we'd like to have a potluck to welcome them here and maybe kind of a housewarming. We're not going to bring in a bunch of housewarming items, but maybe if you'd like to, you know, send them a gift card or write them a card and put in a couple bucks in there something to help them get established in their new home. They've been in a time of transition right now, especially with the new baby coming. There's a lot of um, new expenses, so we want to welcome them here with open arms. And then another thing that's going to be coming up is in February, we're going to be doing a parenting seminar. This is kind of part two of Wayne and Tammy Robertson's His Shoes, Her Shoes seminar. Now we're moving from the, the marriage standpoint and talking about raising up godly children. So if you're a parent or you know a parent, come to the seminar. It's for everyone, February the 17th, and then also in March. So January, February, March, we got a lot going on. In March, we're going to be doing a congregational challenge where we're going to be reading through the book of Proverbs as a group and praying um, every day on a spe uh, specific topic. So a lot of neat things going on in 2019. I came across a quote the other day, and it's a quote by the famous author C.S. Lewis, and here's what he said. 
He said, you're never too old to set another goal or dream a new dream. With it being the beginning of a new year, this is when many of us, you know, seek out to lay out some new goals or, or New Year's resolutions, correct? This is when we say, I'm going to go to the gym more. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to be more financially responsible in a spiritual realm. I'm going to, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to study more. Uh, I'm going to go to church more. You know, those are all good goals to have. But this idea of of making a New Year resolution, I can see why we're drawn to it because God uses this idea a lot in Scripture. I think we like new beginnings. And even though the New Year is kind of an arbitrary kind of thing, we like the idea of starting over, right? We like the idea of, of, of a clean slate, that transition, you know, that freeingness of, okay, 2018's over, now a new year is in front of me, I can do something different, have new goals, new dreams, and so on. And I think that's why the Bible authors use that kind of terminology in a lot of passages. For example, in Roman, excuse me, Romans chapter 6, in verse 4, the Apostle Paul is talking about their baptism and how you know, they were changed when they were baptized. But here's what he says. He says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might live a new life. That means that in Christ Jesus, we're supposed to be different. It's a new beginning. It is a clean slate. It is a new year in Jesus, right, is what we get to have. Um, that's, you know, why Jesus, I believe, used that term in John chapter 3 and verse 3 where he says that no one's going to see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. And that's one of those terms that the religious world grabs hold of because we like that idea. You know, we kind of blew it the first time. We get a chance to be born again and have a new shot at life. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing, right? We get a new shot at all of it. So with the new year, with us being in Christ Jesus and having a new life, a new birth, all of these different terminologies have to do with, you know, making changes to our life. And one of the things we like to do as a congregation every year at the beginning of the year is make some changes to maybe kind of the direction of certain programs and classes and sermons and activities and so on in order to better fulfill our purpose in Christ Jesus. So although we're starting a new year or we're making some new changes to things, at the same time, our purpose as Christians remains the same. Our purpose of the West Visalia Church of Christ year after year is always this, to love God, to love our community, and to love each other. That is a biblical, you know, purpose statement right there. We're supposed to be a people of love. But what we like to do every year is the elders get together, the preachers get together, and we talk about what are some ways that we can reemphasize that purpose. You know, last year, we had the idea of running the race, right? Keep on keeping on, pressing forward, and that kind of idea, and not giving up when, when life gets hard. As I'm sure you're already aware from the banners here on the stage and what's been online and what's been on the screen and all of that, our theme for 2019 is Excel. It's the idea of, of doing more. It's the idea about climbing a little bit higher. It's the idea of pressing on, going upward. It's not that we have failed, really, but that we can do even better. And we get this idea from the scriptures on the banners here from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 10, where the Apostle Paul, toward the end of his letter to Christians in Thessalonica, Christians like us, he says, but we urge you, brethren, or brothers and sisters, to excel still more, or to do more and more. The idea of kind of idea also of, of excellence, going above and beyond. You're doing well, but now it's time to excel. The idea for us 
as the West Visalia Church of Christ in the year 2019 is that we can do better. It's not that we've done bad. That we can do better. We can be better. We can climb and reach to new heights in Christ Jesus. That's what it means to excel. So you think about it in a certain area. You know, we are a loving church, right? I, I believe we are. And a lot of people compliment us on this. They say, hey, I visited your assembly and I really appreciate the warmth and the love of the people there. You know, we go to, a, we're out there in a the community doing some sort of outreach. You go, I really appreciate how loving and kind everybody was. I believe we are a loving church, but can we be more loving? Absolutely. I believe we're a generous church, but can we be more generous? I believe we are a holy church, but can we be more holy? Can we avoid sin even more, right? We can do that. We can excel still more. With that in mind, turn your Bible. Let's talk a little bit about this church here that Paul is writing to and why he encourages them to go to that next level, to push on, have those in your Christianity. You never want to become apathetic. You never want to just settle in and ride out the rest of your time here on earth. That's not what we're all about. We're about pushing on. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and in verse 2, here's how he begins this wonderful letter. He says, But we give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers. So Paul says, I'm thankful for you, Thessalonian church. And I always like to picture ourselves here. Would he say that to us? Would he say, West Visalia Church of Christ, I'm thankful for you. I pray for you all the time, and I thank my God for knowing you. I would hope that he would do that for us. He says, constantly bearing in mind. So here's what he's thinking about. He says, I'm constantly bearing in mind your work of faith, your labor of love, your steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father, knowing, brethren, beloved by God, his choice of you. Paul says, look, you are an amazing group of people. You have steadfast faith. You're working in love. You have great hope. You're, you're serving God. And everybody knows that God chose you and loves you. Verse 5, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in the power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. You also became imitators of us and of the Lord. So he says, you're doing well, you're serving God, and you also imitated our behavior. So you have an apostle of Jesus Christ saying, you're doing good. You're actually copying us. That's what the apostles wanted, right? That's what you want from a church. They're doing a good work. He says, verse 7, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. So other churches now know about them. And this isn't like a feather in your cap, an arrogant look at me kind of thing. But, but when you're doing a good work, people know about it. People take notice, and I would hope that people would take notice about the West Wesselia Church of Christ and what we're doing. Hopefully, they know more about us than just our location on this street. Hopefully, they know more about us. Right? Hopefully, there's an example out there in the world, and people see it, and hopefully, there's an example out there in the church worldwide as well that we have a reputation for godliness, and I believe that we do. But then verse 8, he says, For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth so that we have no need to say anything. They're doing awesome. Verse 9, For they themselves report about what kind of representation 
we had with you in how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. So to summarize it all up, Example is all over they receive you know the Holy Spirit with much joy even in the midst of tribulation. They're giving, they're generous, awesome, they're following the apostles' example. They're an amazing group of people. Paul says, I have nothing else I have to say about you, right? They're doing well. It would be very easy for them to do what? To say, All right, we got it all figured out. We're doing good. We're all right. Life is good. We're content where we are. And I know we should be a content people, but when it comes to spiritual matters, we should always have a lack of contentment so that we can move forward to something better. So you think about the Thessalonians. They were a loving church. There's really not anything wrong with them here at this description. Now, there's some things they needed to work through, like all congregations, and he deals with them in this letter and in the next letter. But as a whole, they were a loving church. And I would say the West Visalia Church of Christ is a loving church. We are a loving group of people. We are a godly group of people. We are, I would say, a good church. And I, and I don't say that lightly. However, what does Paul tell the Thessalonians? You go through this book, and in chapter 4, he doesn't stop with you're doing all right. He tells them you can do more. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. It says, finally, brethren, we request and exhort. So those are powerful terms now. Because when he uses words like request and exhort, those are petition verbs. Those are like underlining, bold printing, flashing light saying, look at this verse, Thessalonians. And also, he uses that phrase, finally then, brethren. It's kind of the in conclusion. It's like, all right, you've been sleeping through the whole sermon. Now it's time to wake up because here's the point. Right? That's what he's doing right here. He says, finally then, brethren, we and we exhort you, the Lord Jesus, that as you receive from us instruction on how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you actually do walk, so he says, and you actually do it, you follow, it's not trouble, bad people. He says, you are walking right, but that you excel still more. You can still do more. You can still be faster. You can still be stronger. You can still be smarter, right? Those kind of ideas. Here in the biblical basis, you can be more pure. In fact, right after this, he starts talking about how to abstain from, from immorality and ungodly. Could they be better? Could. You're doing a good job. We all are doing a good job, but we can do better. We can excel still more. You go on then to verse 9. It says... Now as to the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you. That's an awesome compliment from an apostle. He says, if I wanted to talk about loving the brethren, you don't even need me to tell you anything about it because you got that down. He says, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. For indeed, you do practice it toward all the brethren who are in Macedonia. So he says, you are a very loving church and you're showing it to the world. He could have just said, well done, good and faithful servant, and ended the letter. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't stop with just what they're doing well. He says, but we urge you. There's a petition verb again. But we urge you, brethren, to excel still more. We're loving, aren't we, Paul? Yes, you are. But you, I mean, you can never be loving enough. You can never. 
never serve God enough. You can never be you can never be enough. You can never be enough like Jesus Christ. So that's why in both of these verses, verse 10 and verse 1, in this chapter where he's drawing the letter, kind of starting to get to his concluding remarks about you know being faithful until Jesus comes again, he uses petition verbs that hammer this one statement. Excel still more. There was still more that the Thessalonians could do. So my point for us today simply is this as we usher in a new year here at this church. Don't stop at good enough. Don't stop at just being at just being other does not mean that we cannot still excel. So this year, past accomplishments. Don't sit back and go, wow, we have a great reputation. Church of I visited a church over here in this state, and they mentioned that what we're doing, we can still do more. Do more good for Jesus Christ. We can excel still more. If there was one church that would have gotten a pass. If there was one church where Paul would just salute and say, keep it up, and walk on by, it would have been the Thessalonians. But he doesn't. He still tells them to excel. So our year, 2019, is just beginning. But imagine the good things that we could do for God. Imagine the change that we could have in all Imagine the change that we could enact in this community. Imagine the message of Christ that could be spread all over the world if we just stepped it up a little bit more. Step up our game and excel. Not just be content with where we're at and say, okay, I've done good last year, I'm going to do even better this year. You know, you look at athletes. Most of the time with athletes, especially like runners and things like that, they're always pushing toward that next personal best. I remember when I was in track. Um, you know, it didn't always matter what place you got in the track meet. But what the coach wanted to know is that if you beat your PR, your personal record. And they'd ask you at the end of the meet, all right, what was your time? Did you beat your PR? And it didn't matter if you were the slowest guy on the team. If that slowest person is progressively getting faster, the coach was proud and impressed. Jesus is proud and impressed with us when we constantly push past our PR. When we continue to excel still more. When we continue to climb to new heights where we stop settling in and being apathetic. If, if we're not careful, it's really easy for us to become complacent, to like what we do, to like what we've always done in the exact same way at the exact same time and, and have this exact same level of spirituality in our life. But that's not what it means to be a child of God. To be a child of God, we must always excel still more. The year's out in front of you. It's ripe for the taking. Let's be a church that excels in all things. In just a moment, we're going to sing an invitation song. And as it is our custom, we want to give you an opportunity that you can make a request be made known before the congregation. If you didn't know because you weren't here on Sunday night, we had one that came forward. Um, Geo came forward and was baptized into Jesus Christ on Sunday. So praise God for that. Um, and you have an opportunity to do that now as well. You can start the new year off a child of God, and you can press forward excelling still more. If you straight away and you want to come back, we'll pray with you and for you, and together we will excel.
for Jesus Christ. If you have a need, why don't you come as we stand and sing?